Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you listen to this the day after the Strickland Podcast Network, Knicks win 117 to 104 versus the Detroit Pistons, bringing their record to 25 and 19 amongst the top 10 teams in the league record-wise. Another road win um, that is 10-2 in their last 12 road games. Um, 14 and- wins in general. They're they tied with Brooklyn for the most road wins in the league. So road warriors, which is a stark contrast from what they were, like what they've usually been. They're usually like a decent home team and a worse road team, but now they're like an elite road team. And an okay-ish home team. So depending on whether or not you feel like that's good or bad, um, then being able to win on the road is still a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I mean, to just get into the box score of things, um, Julius Randle led the way with 42 and 15 rebounds, four assists. Um, Jalen Brunson followed suit with 27, five and four. And quickly off the bench, which was probably the only bench presence on the team, with 17, 3, and 3. Those were your three leading score, scores for today. Um, I mean, you look at the minutes. <laughs> Shouldn't have even come to guys playing 40 minutes tonight, honestly. I think Brunson played the entire second half. Yeah, look, it, it appeared <laughs> so. I think he sat for like a brief, maybe like a minute or two stint, but like came right back in. Um, but yeah, I mean, he played a lot. Um, Randall played a lot and, you know, it's sad that it had to come to, you know, this versus the Pistons, like not even Pistons, like with Bogdanovich or anything, um, or Bagley, but like, or Duran. I mean, they were missing like a good chunk of their like main contributors and and we still had to, you know, play our starters down in the fourth quarter. I, I try my best to come into these post games, you know, like let me find all the positives to talk about, but like this team, they make it like so easy to like talk about the negatives, but I will talk about the positives. Um, You know, Julius Randall once again, another dominant performance, um, 42 and 15. Um, I kind of expected this domination from him and, 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 and Robinson on the boards, especially with the Pistons, you know, no Duran. No Bagley, just Isaiah Stewart, who's like what six eight, and yeah, they played what day. they played Kevin Knox at the backup center minutes. Yeah, I mean, it was filthy. It it was it was it was easy to you know pick out Nick's rebounding props, um you know those all cashed, um but yeah I mean just domination from Julius you know showing once again that you know he can play at this um high level offensively defensively. Was meh. It was meh from a lot of the team today. I think a lot of them they mailed it in versus um, a Pistons B squad that they just like I guess either didn't respect or didn't care to like really put in that full effort because as you can see defensively, Pistons got the reason why they were in this game is because of a lot of threes. Um, you had guys Killian, Kevin Knox. I mean, Jaden Ivey, Sadiq Bay. All those guys just hitting a bunch of threes, which brought them back into the game multiple times. Um, you know, guys just leaving them open. Um, but yeah, I mean, he did his thing. Jalen Brunson, once again, another great performance, 27, um, 27 points, three away from that, you know, four straight 30 ball, which would have been, you know, the first time since like what Stefan Marbury, the Knicks guard has done, um, four straight 30 point games. So, you know. The, the one-two punch of, of JB and, and Randall have been, you know, thriving and coming together at the right time. And, you know, they're both making a case for All-Star. Sadly, Knicks fans have not been doing their 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 due diligence with the All-Star voting as only J- only Julius Randall has come into the top 10 of his position in, in voting. While, while Derrick Rose is somehow the Knicks guard that made it into the top 10 instead of Jalen Brunson. But, you know, Knicks fans, do your due diligence, do your job, you know, get get our guys into the all-star game. I mean, at least get them, like, at least try to get them 
higher in the votes. I I have my trust that the coaches will do their job and and vote in either Brunson or Randall or both because I mean uh, they're both having great. Seasons. I think I think it's looking like it might be both just on account of like dudes are injured and it's hard to deny it's hard to deny Brunson and I think it's hard to it's harder to deny Randall because like the East Park court is so weak. Um, you have of course like the core for KD. Um, and be Giannis and Tatum, but like afterwards it's Siakam and then who? So, plus the, the numbers he just putting up have just been silly since December. So, I think there there's a case there, especially with the winning record and such. And then you look at the guards, like Halliburton's going to be injured for who knows how long. Um, maybe Garland sneaks his way in there, but like I think they might have two, or if not two, like straight up they might get two after injury replacements. So, yeah, but I mean, yeah, they've been, you know, they've been as a dominant as a one, two punch as you, as you can get in the league. Um, I mean, the points that they're putting up the way that they're able to, you know, dominate offensively, whether it's, you know, I mean, both of them have picked up their three point shooting as of late, which has been very encouraging. Yeah. Um, and and one thing that's helped them uh, help them out a ton, I think, is you know, playing more with Emmanuel quickly. I feel like that's helped both of them. Um, as as you can see now, Emmanuel quickly is like getting like 30, 30, 30 plus minutes a night, I think, since um, for like the greater part of like a month or so now. So you know, that's been encouraging to see. It's come at the cost of um, R.J. Barrett minutes, who you know he's still coming back from the injury, you know still figuring some things out, um, especially defensively. But, you know, I think quickly playing with them defensively, it helps them a ton as well as offensively. He's able to, you know, space the floor as well as um, create opportunities, whether off the drive or um, off the catch. So, you know, that's been... I also think that you could argue that, like, his decision-making has been so crucial for that lineup, especially in crunch time. Like, you saw it in the Pacers game where he was basically the only person who could, like, beat traps towards the end of the game. Um, his ability to just do anything the team needs him to do, like whether it be guard somebody really prominent on the perimeter or run a possession that way Brunson could do stuff off ball and Randall could do stuff off ball. Like his versatility is so crucial. And the fact that he still has the juice to like get stuff done self-creation wise with like either pull up threes or be able to drive and like get to the rim and get a foul. The floater has been one of the most elite floaters in the league this year. So like quickly he's really starting to round it to his own. Um, he's been in a really good groove, obviously, the last 15, 20 games or so. I think he's been, like, 60 true shooting in the last 20 games, putting him, like, 18 points per game. So, like, this is prime starter um, quality play, and he's given to you off the bench. And I don't think you can really complain about that. Like, his contributions have been massive. He's a point guard. I don't want to hear anybody talk about how he's a combo guard or off guard. Like, he is a legitimate point guard who could also play off the ball. And I think... Brunson especially loves playing with him. Like you can see, like they legitimately love playing with each other. Like when Br- like quickly had that that um that lay against uh Washington. Like Brunson was celebrating. Like I think they just play really well with each other and play really well off each other. So quickly has been vital to this team's success so far in the season. Yeah, um, and there was a play in the fourth quarter I think where like Jaden Ivy was trying to like go against like quickly try to drive past him and he completely stifled that um and you know it forced him to throw a bad pass to um um or quickly tried to throw a bad i mean not quickly where ivy tried to throw a bad pass to um i forgot whoever it was but jalen brunson was able to deflect out of bounds yeah but you know that that was just a that was like quickly stifling a guy who's like what two like has like what three three or four inches tall on him um and you know i wasn't able to do anything it's just common, right? Like, you know, you see quickly just guarding up a position for whatever reason. Whether he gets switched on to or, like, it's part of the scheme and he's just able to make it work. Like, I think that just speaks to how good he has been. And as I will tweet frequently this season, how special is Emmanuel quickly? And the answer is very special. Yeah. Um, you know, this has been the moment most most Emmanuel quickly and Knicks fans have been, you know, waiting for. It has finally dawned upon us, and, you know, we're on a winning team, so, you know, it's even more evident. Um, he's getting a lot of recognition, I think, now from, you know, the not just Knicks fans, but just, like, national media. 
um and like even the casual fans like they're able to recognize how much of an impact Emmanuel quickly is having not even just on the offensive end because those numbers have definitely been like more eye-popping as of late but the, the defensive end as well and it's also good to see him like finding his shot because that was the big thing that I think a lot of people like kind of criticized him for was like you know the shot hasn't been there and it hasn't been there all the way yet but like again for the last 20 games it's like he's been shooting around 40 percent so clearly the shot is there you would like to be a little bit more consistent but I do think by the end of the season like it'll be average enough to like where it's not much of an issue and his play inside the arc has been fantastic um he's shooting over 50 percent inside the arc which is I think that was if you told me he would be shooting over 50 percent inside the arc I would have been I would have found it far-fetched um not this season, like well, this season, not made like for his career. Like I'll expect him to be year four, year five. But like the fact that he's been so good around the rim and so good with the floater, and he's even added like the mid range game. Um, he's just been so effective at getting to his spots, and it's not just on threes. So. Yeah. Um and yeah, I mean I think you know not only playing with those lineups in the closing minutes, with those guys helps them. I think it also helps him. As well, yes. playing, you know, he doesn't have to be like because he 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 spends a lot of his minutes with like mainly the bench guys with like Deuce, Obi, and Hart, and now with RJ because RJ is part of that um second unit. Um, he plays with that second unit a lot, but um, I think you know, help playing with the starters as well as the bench and having like equal amounts of opportunities with both of those units definitely, um helps what he's been doing as of late yeah he's just been he's been so vital for this team i can't stress it enough like his ability to play with starters with the bench play arm ball play off ball defend the best perimeter player defend the second best perimeter player be able to rotate you know just whatever he's asked to do he's able to do it and to have a player like that on your roster is so pivotal for a winning team and I love it. He's just been he's been good. Um, I think we could also talk about a bit about like the bench's futility in general. Um, Deuce only played four minutes. Obi played nine minutes. Uh, Hartenstein played eleven and a half minutes. I don't think the Hartenstein minutes were too bad today. Um, I know he had a negative two, but I don't think he played so terrible. I did like his energy down the fourth where they started to pull away a bit. Um, but yeah, that bench unit has not been too prominent, and I think they do miss Alec Burks, who had another good game again today. Uh, 14 points, uh, four threes for Alec Burks, so shout out Big Money AB. But yeah, the bench unit has been really, really rough. I just like it, just sucks because quickly is kind of the only guy who can do stuff with the ball in his hands on that unit. You know Miles can do it, but he seems really passive and, t- and like tentative when trying to do stuff like that. Um, Obi has never really had that quality. Uh, he's more of somebody who like needs a table set for him. And the offense that we run doesn't really give these guys any favors for all the and for like all the you know uh, the hashing we've done about like the offense and how the offense works and such. It's also rough when, like, guys can't put the ball on the floor or are scared to put the ball on the floor, and, you know, like, they're not that good of shooters. So it's rough, and you kind of feel like you're going to need them to do more or you're going to need more pieces because, like, it's making Randall play 40 minutes. It's making Brunson play 42 minutes, and that's not sustainable for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's not. Um... Yeah, I mean, the bench definitely needs some help. Um, you're just wondering where that's going to come from. You expect them to make a trade, or at least a lot of people are expecting them to make a trade for someone. There's rumors of – there's so many different rumors going around now because, you know, we're getting close to that trade deadline season. There's rumors of Caruso, which I don't really understand why. Um, I don't see where he helps us offensively. I mean, I, I think that's where the bench needs the help offensively. Um, and I think you're willing to, you know, sacrifice a little bit of defense. And me and Jeff were talking about this um, last stream about how, like, you know, 
when we were talking about the Gary Trent trade, it kind of fits that bill of sacrificing a little bit of defense, but getting some offense for the bench because they need it. And like, you can't keep relying on, you know, heavy minutes from the starters so much, um, especially as we get down late into the season, closer to playoffs. You want your guys a little bit more fresh. You want, you know, you also just want to have more options available to you as a team too. So, yeah. Yeah. I think in a vacuum, acquiring Caruso is a fine move. Like, he's super deuce, but it's also a matter of, like, you know, having a 6-5 guard who can, like, defend the perimeter as well as he does, can really stay guard 1-4, to four, is a decent offensive player, even though, like, he doesn't take a lot of shots. Like, he's still efficient enough to, like, where, like, he can you can have him out on the perimeter and he can hit his threes and he can, like, do stuff inside the paint. Like, right now, I think he's at 50... 57 true shooting. So, like, he's not a battle offensive player. Um, you would just like to see him do more. But he's back on his game. But if you could acquire him for cheap, I'm okay with that. I would just want another move alongside of it. Yeah, definitely. Like, I would want somebody who can, like, shoot more. If Like, if you want to acquire him for the sake of, like, okay, let's acquire um, Alex Russo and then, like, have him under contract for two years making less than $10 million. That's fine to me, but, like, I would need another wing. I need somebody on the wing who can, like, you know, actually help quickly and relieve him of, like, having to do everything for the bench unit. Because going from one of the best bench units to one of the worst bench units, despite getting Brunson, has been, like, a really big weakness of this team. It's where it's, like, their starters have to play big minutes because the bench unit can't really give us anything. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, should we talk about, um, let's talk about Grimes. Um, a lot's been made of, you know, his drives recently. I think we're noticing that teams are are sitting more on, you know, that pass that he likes to make off drives where the, to the point where he's not really taking as much layups. Um, I saw on the time, I think it was either you or Stacy that was mentioning yeah, about, about it. Yeah, both of us. Um, but yeah. Um, he definitely does need to be more aggressive in his takes. Um, defenses are expecting that drop off, that dump off pass to, you know, the big in the dunker spot. So, you know, he's got to, he's got to diversify that a little bit more. Yeah. Like, I think it's really predictable. Um, and I know he's not bad at layups. Like he's shooting really well on twos. So I would just like to see him like, oh, like Stacy said, like, have a counter so like if people expect to jump um the dump off pass the big which is like a good read it's not a bad read at all like you want you want your um wings to have that pass but you also want them to be able to like just take it to the cup and he has his moments where like he wants to game it back on people which i respect and I, I love a good highlight but i would also like him to just like you know just lay it up once in a while like just give that give yourself that ability to like lay it up because he could finish through contact. I know he could, like, absorb the bump. Because we saw him do it before, where, like, he literally got the contact to the bump and got to the line. So I think it would benefit him. I think it would benefit the offense. I think it would be a situation where, like, now you can – um, now you could like, have a counter. So, like, is it going to the big? Is Grimes going to draw free throws off of it? And I think the Grimes that could, like, draw free throws could be even better than we've already seen. So – I would like to see that counter. I would like to see him do that. And I think he can. It's just a matter of, like, not making the first read his dump-off pass. Yeah. Um, what else should we talk about? Um, let me look through the box score. Let me see. Um, I would say, I mean, yeah, I think we covered the bases of, like, the main talking points of today. I mean... I, I I don't know if anyone's really made such a big deal of the the closing lineup lately. I think it's I think everyone's been like pretty okay with you know Bibbs going with like IQ over RJ um, as of late. I think it's like he's been the you know more optimal choice, especially as RJ is still getting you know back into the groove of playing again because he was out for like what six games or whatever it was. Yeah, it was six. Um, so yeah, I think it's been totally fine to have um, IQ um, play over him. IQ, you know, has definitely been more on top of it defensively, and also, also it's like he's—it's not like 
it's not like RJ is getting benched for anyone that's like a vet or like some like scrub or something. It's like he's getting benched for like another good young player on the team. And you know, when RJ has it going, he'll definitely close once again. So it's like, um, it's definitely made Dibs' job easier in terms of balancing the minutes, which is something that I was concerned about because I was like, there's no way that you can go to IQ playing like 20, 20, 20, 25 minutes again um, when RJ comes back because he's just been so good. But RJ, you know, having a little bit of a slow um, re-entry back into the lineup has definitely made it easier for Thibs to, you know, just go with IQ, IQ over RJ in those situations down the stretch. So it's going to be interesting to see when RJ does have it going again, what he does with, you know, balancing those minutes. But, yeah. Yeah, I think I would just like to see two of, like, um, Brunson, not Brunson, um, RJ, IQ, and Grimes be like in the closing lineup. Just like whoever the best of those two going in. I don't think it should be static. Yeah. I think ultimately speaking, like you're gonna have a situation where um two of those guys are on the court. And maybe even all three of them, depending on like how Mitch is having if like you want to run a small ball and if you do like all five of them. So it'll be interesting to maneuver. Um and if they get another guy, how that fits into the equation as well. But, yeah, like, I wouldn't make too much of it. It's his third game back from a finger injury. He's still definitely getting his cardio back. He's still getting his legs back. And I expect him to ramp it up once he's comfortable doing so. Yeah. Um, quick notes here. Knicks are 6-1 and one in 2023. That's best in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know... That's pretty damn good. Yeah, um, like the, the Knicks have been a good team. And like it's weird to say because I think going into the season, we were like, this team isn't as talented as we thought it would be, but like they have three legitimate all defensive players or all defensive caliber players. They have two legitimate all stars. RJ Barrett is still like finding his group, but he's still like a high end starter. So you look at this team and you look at like, you know, like there's just so much here to work with. And you know that they have the picks, you know that they have like the really good drafting acumen. And it's hard to not be excited about this team because in fact, this is supposed to be like year, this is supposed to be like year one of this team, like starting to find his identity. And like, this is more of an information year. And the fact that they're already this good in information year especially after starting out the season so poorly as they did, like it's hard to not be excited about like where this team can really split go. And honestly, like there's still room for them to move up in the standings. Cause like, they're not too far behind Cleveland. They're not too far behind Philadelphia. And there are going to be some games around them um, against those guys coming up. And I wouldn't be surprised if like they gave them a, a real battle. Yeah. I mean, my only concern in those matchups is, um, you know, we do still give up a ton of open threes and those teams, they have higher quality shooters than the teams that we've been playing lately. So there's that. Um, they do have to clean up their act defensively um, when it comes to leaving guys open. But there is, you know, we're not too far behind, you know, the other guys in the East. So, yeah, like I, I think they're right there. Um I straight up think they're in the tier with, like, the Sixers and the Cavaliers. I think they are. And honestly, the Bucks game, I know that we kind of crumbled late, but still, I think they're up there as well. Like, I think three to six in the East, three to seven in the East, really, with the Heat. I think you have to respect the Heat. I, I think it's really close between those guys. And, like, winning those games are going to be pivotal, especially since we have a lot of those games coming up. Yeah, I think that stretch is really going to, like, define, like, what the Knicks are about. Because, like, this recent stretch has been, you know, hey, what's the biggest lead the Knicks can blow and still win the game? Like, that's what I feel like this stretch has been as of late. So this upcoming stretch, you know, is going to be what, you know, can the Knicks, you know, make ground on the teams, make up ground on the teams above them? So, you know, we'll see if they can do that. Yep. It just it just sucks that they dropped some games and it sucks that they had to like go ten and thirteen before they figured it out, but better late than never. And I will take winning over losing, no matter how late it comes. 
Especially since they're still playoff teams. Yeah. Um, all right. Time for everyone's favorite part of these shows. Um, let's get to the ad read. All right. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports part- betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to the Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend, including today, as there is wildcard action today. Um, I'm currently watching Bills versus Dolphins, as you know, the Dolphins are making it a game versus the Bills, surprisingly. Josh, Josh Allen needs to dive into Esther immediately. So on Fraud Watch? Fraud Watch is not enough to describe how bad he's been. Well, you know, we'll see. Um, just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Also, Download. by the way, looks like Aaron does all my bad, my bad. <laughs> Download DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. In minimum age and eligible restrictions apply. See show notes or show description for details as Gabe Davis gets a toe-tap touchdown. Gabe Davis gets a toe-tap touchdown. Aaron Donald retired. It's a, it's a weird day. Aaron Donald retired? Yeah, apparently. Wow. Just a quiet update of the bio. He just says former NFL defensive lineman for the Rams. Interesting. What a and way just, to announce it. Yeah. He should have went out after the Super Bowl. To go out after this like pathetic season that this team had, then I don't know. It's okay, Derek. Dexter wants to stake in the mantle, so he it's in good hands. <sighs> um, all right, let's get to some comments now. All right, let's see. Um, as Arthur says, nine minutes for Obi when we play in the Pistons is gross. Um, yeah, I think he probably would have played a lot more if this game was like out of reach for the um out of reach for the pistons the pistons made it a game so we had to rely on our starters because our bench just didn't have it um i do get your point though against like the pistons they're they're playing small there was a point at the end of the first quarter where thibs went obi randall like very briefly but then like for the rest of the game he just never tried it um but yeah it's going to be um He's always he's also someone that's like ramping back into form too, so you know, I'm not too upset at um his minutes right now, um but like I said, I do think if this t- game was a blowout, I think he would have played a lot more and it would have definitely helped him you know get into some type of rhythm, um but you know there's still some time for him to you know get back into game form. Yeah, um, I don't want to say I'm worried about Obi. But he's definitely like lost. He definitely hasn't. Um, I think he's regressed from this season. And granted, I understand that you know, like his context hasn't been that great. But you know, I feel like he's lost touch around the rim. Like especially like those two putbacks that he just missed, like back to back. Like he had the Hartenstein play from a few from a few nights ago, and that was like rough to see. The three ball hasn't been there. Um, they've been blocking out his leakouts and transitions, so he's not gonna get the cheeky key buckets he used to he used to get. And yeah, like I kind of feel like the writing's on the wall. Um at some point we're going to move off of him. I think it's kind of a formality at this point. The front office seems to be choosing quickly. And to a greater extent, Randall. Which like you can't really blame them. The man just put up forty two and fourteen tonight, or forty two and fifteen rather. So yeah, it's rough for Obi. It's kind of, it really does suck, but at the same time, like it's hard to it's hard to really envision a role for him. And if he doesn't really have a going within the context, then yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna still hold out judgment just to see how he like ramps back into form he's he's coming off that 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 fracture in his leg 
Um, I still think that he's not being, you know, utilized to his best ability. Um, you know, with the two, we have two good point guards now. There's like no excuse for us not to run like some type of like pick and roll action for him at least twice a game just to get him a quick, you know, some quick, easy buckets, um, stuff like that. Uh, I was talking to Jeff the other day. I feel like there was more plays ran for him um, during that early stretch of last season when um, both um, Taj and Noel were out. Um, there was a greater run of pl- plays for him, I would say, um, especially in that Celtics game, which really stuck out to me because I was I was there. So, like, I remember that one more vividly. But, like, um, he was – he had, like, some plays run for him where, like, there was, like, a double – like, a stack pick and roll. And like he was able to roll while Julius was popping. That gave like the t- it gave de- it made defenses actually have to think about you know who to actually go for in the play. They go the go out to Randall for the three leaves Obi open for rolling to the basket. But you know stuff like that. You know I feel like there's little things like that we can do to you know make his make his job easier um, and you know optimize his role while also you know expanding the ar- offensive arsenal of the team. Yeah. Um... I think it just sucks that like you're never gonna get some kind of like th- this offense is very greedy react. Um, they have one play in the initial part of it, so like a high screen and roll, or like some kind of like pistol action. Like you could tell the play. It's like some get like get downhill, make a rim read, pass out to open shooter, get downhill, pull up for shot, get downhill, get to rim. Like. It's a very simple offense, and it requires a lot of like creativity and a lot of like free flowing offense. If you watch the Raptors, it looks really similar to the Raptors' offense. The difference is the Raptors can't shoot, um, and we can't shoot, but like we have better shooters than the Raptors, and like our guys can get that. So, like this is just not the team for him. It's not the coach for him, not the team for him. But at the same time, I think it also comes up to like I don't trust him to take two dribbles, like. He can, maybe has one power dribble, but like I don't trust him to really handle the ball. I don't trust him to like do things with like require him to shoot because like he was shooting well earlier in the season, but like that's fallen off a cliff. Um, again, the finishing has been bad. The touch has been worse. So like, I don't think he really does anything well on the court offensively right now, which sucks. And it's like when he's not doing that, sure he might have a positive plus minus, but the team is actively like not looking to him in situations like that. And he just kind of is like existing there and benefiting from like guys like quickly playing guys like quickly in front of him, you know, more than like being somebody who's like able to reap the benefits of their gravity. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how things play out for him. Um, JL says, we have to be the worst team in the league at closing quarters. 17-point lead cut to seven in, like, three minutes at the end of the second. Yeah, they really went on a run at the end of the second. A um, lot of threes. That, you know, it seems to be the bread and butter of Knicks collapses. A um, lot of threes, a lot of lackadaisical defense. I'm going to go actually go back and read the um, the end of the second quarter to see, you know, how it went. So, you know, we missed some threes. Killian Hayes hit a three. Um, we also had some turnovers, too, that didn't help us out. Um, but, yeah, let me get to this run right here. So we're up about 55 to 40. No, 58 to 40. Livers hits a three. Quickly misses a three. Um, we missed some. We missed some shots. Um, Grimes fouls Knox. Shout out to Knox. He had a good game today. Um, I know you hate him. Uh, God, I, I put on, I put on his jersey, hoping that would like reverse jinx him, and it did not. <laughs> um, then he had, after after he gets the two free throws, then he gets a three, so he gets like five points within a matter of seconds, literally. Um, Randall gets a layup. Then Bay gets a dunk. I think that's when he drove by quickly. Um, Grimes misses a fadeaway. Then Knox gets another layup. Brunson turnover. Um, Tadik Bay um gets that steal off Brunson. Um, he had a bad pass. Tadik Bay misses the layup. Livers gets the rebound. Kicks it out to Killian Hayes for the three. 
And that's how 18-point lead becomes seven in the NBA. Just a couple bad, t- some turnovers, foul a guy, you know, and let them get some momentum, and, and that's how it goes. And, I mean, pretty much for the rest of the game, even though we, like, we – we 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 pulled away at times. We we kept letting them back in the game by hitting threes, by getting some you know, and ones. Jaden Ivy made made it a point to you know, really get aggressive in that fourth quarter, um, early in that fourth quarter, you know, and that's why we had to bring our starters back in. But yeah, I mean, Knicks they really got to clean up those things right there. Yeah, it just kind of feels like this team has mental lapses for like for five minutes at a time, they kind of just like forget to play basketball and they do the things that we're winning. They build up these huge leads and then they just kind of collapse. And again, it's hard to say that isn't coaching because you know, what this team does when they have big leads, they go into their shell, they play conservative, they get away from the things that build leads in the first place just to piss it all away. And then like when they piss it all away, they get tight. So, again, feels like coaching, but they're not going to change their coach anytime soon, which we can sit here and talk about how good or bad that is, but, like, it's going to be the reality. Like, they're not changing coaches. So, yeah, it just it just really sucks to watch the execution of this team. I'm just glad it happened in the fourth quarter, happened in the second, which, like, maybe that's good or bad depending on how you feel, but, like, at least they were able to at least close off the fourth quarter. So, yeah. Um. All right. As Arthur says, if we do right by Rose and trade him, what or who do you think we can get? A pack of menthols. Maybe some post-it notes. <laughs> some 2% milk. Oh, my gosh. A fax machine that they're feeling frisky. Like... Derek Rose has had a very good career. He's had an illustrious comeback from injury. I think it's safe to say he's washed. Um, and that's not a knock on Derek Rose. He's 34 years old. It's okay to be washed at 34 years old. I don't think you're getting a good, good return. Yeah, not everyone's, you know, LeBron. They're not going to, like, look at, like, the high – still, at like, play at a high level exactly. late, super late into their career. The fact that, you know, Derek Rose is even – able to make it to like 34 in the league still you know is you know a testament to like his you know drive and um you know being able to come back from those injuries and whatnot so you know kudos to him yeah not everybody can be Taj Gibson that's okay um shout out to Taj that that spin fade that spin fade midi on Friday is still like insane for Taj but like yeah um I don't really think you're going to get much back for him. I think what they're going to likely be doing is like, they're saying that's like safe face, but they're probably just going to trade him. And then the team, whoever trades him, is going to buy him out. And then he gets to like maybe a ring chase if he can. Yeah. If anyone wants to like sign him to like be on the bench, just in case they need like a break it in case of break glass in case of emergency guard. I could absolutely see like, like the Warriors kind of signing him, but like, Bucks, Bucks, mate. Yeah, I mean, Bucks got George Hill and Javon Carter. Like, they could definitely make it work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I don't think they're gonna like trade him to only. Like, I don't think like he has a no trade clause essentially, where like you can't send me here. I think the Knicks would probably like, if anything, they maybe they like send an asset just to like promise, okay, hey, we'll do this trade, but like you buy him out afterwards, and that's like their way of like keeping it even. Yeah. Um, maybe if you package him with like someone else, the package becomes, you know, a little bit more palatable for teams, but you know, I don't uh, think we're really gonna get much for him. I once again raised the idea of Derrick Rose and Cam Reddish with the Bucks pick for Gary Trent Jr. Um actually we'd probably just do Derrick Rose by himself, like salary will work out. But like yeah, I just I think they're I think they'll probably use him just like as a way to get more salary on the books that they feel comfortable with. And again, fourteen point five in expiring salary is going to be good to teams who have like assets, like oh maybe a J crap. No, let me, let me not say that. Let me not say that. I don't want boss man on this team. But um, yeah, I mean like I think that's they're gonna they're gonna use them to like 
get somebody that they want instead of like him being like the asset. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Um, H22 says, feels like the blown leads stem from too much ISO and not enough ball movement. Definitely, definitely. I mean, that's what leads to like the collapses, um, you know, late in the fourth quarter after the leads are blown. Um, but yeah, I definitely think the isolation, not enough ball movement. I mean, that's like the staple of this team's offense, though. So it's like that is just going to be a constant symptom um, of the way this team plays. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, there's no other way to put it. It's it's unfortunate, but at the same time, though, like I also think situational. Like when they do move the ball, it kind of ends up in Brunson and Randall's hands anyway. Because like who's they, like they can throw the ball to like Grimes, but if Grimes is just going to drive, not like what he sees, then reset it and goes back to Brunson. At that point, you're just like, okay, well, Brunson's got to do something because we have like six X left on shot clock. Um, I do think it's a like. They're both symbiotic of each other, where it's like, yeah, the ball's always in Brunson and Randall's hand, but it's also like because of necessity. Um, if guys don't want to take shots, if guys want to be timid, or if guys are taking shots but they're not really making them, then the ball then naturally is going to end up in the hands of like your two hottest guys, your two best players. Um, especially when like Grimes doesn't have it going today, RG didn't have it going today. Mitch is like you're not really gonna look to Mitch for offense, even though like I think they could look to him more because the Pistons were playing nobody over six ten. But at the same time, with like when a dude is hot, a dude is hot, and that's kind of how you're like the league goes, where it's like okay, this dude's hot, Ray let him cook. Yeah, um, I mean there was like a whole bunch of possessions in the third quarter where like the game was getting close to like the game was getting the 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 Knicks were having a whole bunch of possessions where it was getting late into the shot clock and there was like little to no movement at all um and I think that's like that was a that was another part of the game where the Pistons were you know making a game of it um the game was still close it was like an eight to the game was like ranging from like an eight to like a 12 point game at various points within that stretch but yeah yeah I just it's just like this team is gonna ride those two guys balls until the wheels fall off. So like, for better or for worse, that's just how it's going to. <laughs> that's how it's going to be. And until it doesn't work, which it really doesn't work because realistically, this team has been built racing a ton of teams. Then, what can you do? Yeah. Um. All right. Let's see. Um, Chris Bernhard, he says, man, if this team could get Gary Trent Jr. an upgrade backup center since Stibbs refuses to use Sims, they could do something interesting in the postseason. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, it's so weird. I mean, Hartenstein has, has actually been pretty decent lately. He's been decent, but, like, again, like, his... It's not something that I can, like, fully trust. His bad, his bad is so magnified because he just looks dorky doing it. Like and plus since our defense relies on the center position so much too. Yeah, like when he's having a good game like in the Wizards game, like it's a really quiet, you know, it's just boring fundamental shit. Maybe like a good block but like not be a, not like a highlight block like Mitch. But when he's bad, he just looks uncoordinated. He looks rough. It looks like what the hell are we doing here? Which is really unfortunate because I feel like he's like even this game today, like I feel like he had a really <laughs> solid game. Um I didn't really I mean, he probably him. had his best defensive play as a Nick. <laughs> yeah. Lock on on Diallo. I know he looked like white LeBron. It was um it was good to see. So like I think he's had a, a couple of good games. Uh I would like to see Sims, but like at the same time. They're like the same age. I think Sims actually might be a little bit older. I can double check that real quick. But like, yeah, man, I, I it just kind of feels like um Sims trusts Hartenstein more, which is so weird because Sims actually fits the profile of what he wants at center. And he's like he's like stuffing Hartenstein into that role. We have Sims right there, which fits the bill seamlessly, basically. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's I, I, so it, weird. It's, the Tibbs has just been such a weird. Like for all the things we hear about, like Tibbs players and Tibbs types of players, like he he will ride dudes that like literally do not fit any ideal that he has into the sunset. Like Fournier. Like I can understand Alfred Payton because like you know the defense first, we were in pressure or whatever. But like then he rose. Which he was absolutely terrible at. Yes, yes, of course that's implied. But like, it just made no sense. Um, it made no sense to me to like to ride someone like every Fournier, especially when he doesn't fit your ideals. So, but yeah, like I think with Hardenstein, if they managed to leverage his passing, he would be so good, man. I just wanted to leverage his passing more than like asking to do to be Tosh Gibson essentially. But it's not going to happen, so I shouldn't even try to get my hopes up. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's see. Um. H22 says Mitch had some small players on him, and we didn't throw it to him. Um. Yeah, I mean, this team isn't really going to, like, feed Mitch in the paint that often. I mean, Mitch is really going to get his bread and butter offensively from putbacks and, and lobs. Um, and you know, our offense doesn't really, so is not really like based upon pick and rolls and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Like they also cannot throw an entry pass to save their lives. Like, that too. like entry pass, entry passing is a, bit, is a lost art, but like the Knicks, especially I think we like already had two turnovers today where like we were doing entry pass and then they just got either took it away from somebody or just swatted it. Like there was one to Randall and there was one to Mitch. And we just cannot throw entry passes, man. Like it's it's bad. Like we are a bad passing roster. In all facets, we're just a really bad passing roster. Like this office is top 10, and this office is top 10 based on like ISO based on, like, just really, really high two-point efficiency and straight up getting to the free throw line and covering free throws at, like, a decent clip. Because it's not all, like, passing and ball movement and, like, you know, teamwork and making, like, two guys to the ball. Like, it is straight up just vibes, which is incredible, which, again, speaks to the talent of this roster. But, like, yeah, like, this team is top 10 offense, top 10 defense. And, like, the defense, sure, I think it's more, like, effort – but we don't defend the three um, as well as we really could. But yeah, like, this is just, it's so wild this team is, like, as good as it is because, like, if you look at the way this team is coached, you'd be like, okay, this team should be, like, below 500. But they're not. It's just they have wildly talented dudes outperforming their value. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so shout out to the players on this team. I refuse to give credit to um, the head coach. Um, kill me for it. I don't care. <laughs> um, JL says Randall would be a lock on everyone's All Star ballot if not for last year, but that previous season reputation is hard for him to shake. Definitely. Um, I think it's like previous season reputation as well as like, you know, a lot of people they they went to bat for him crazy after that stinky playoff performance, and then for him to come out and like repay the fans with with that support with like. You know, the whole thumbs down situation after performing badly, you know, it just it just all compounded on itself. And like the team itself wasn't performing up to expectations like the team seemed like it regressed um, following a great year. Like you improved on certain aspects of the team, but like the team overall didn't improve. So all of that compounding on itself with how Randall, who was supposed to be the team leader and the team's best player and how he performed and how he showed himself, you know, it it really didn't play into his hands at all. Um, and a lot of that is on him, which he has made his amends this year. But, you know, it's going to take a lot of people. I think it's still going to take a, a good portion of the fan base, you know, some time to um, still warm up to him, you know, being this type of player consistently. Um, but he has been doing it for, you know, almost half the damn season so far. So, you know. There's More than that. half, really. Like since like mid-November, he's been like this. Um, and yet, like I think he's he definitely lost a lot of goodwill. He has to earn it back. I don't think really with the coaches he would. Uh, I don't think he's lost too much respect with the coaches. 
I feel like even when he was bad, the coaches still like respected the fact of what he could do. Um, I think my thing with him is just like, it's just, it's man, it's just kind of rough that he, uh, I'll push it a lot, whatever. Um, I, I do think he has the media on his side though. Like, uh, he had the media push in December. <laughs> you see, like, a lot of, like, aggregation for, like, his stats. And, like, it's hard to deny him when, like, the dude was putting, like, five threes in a quarter or, you know, like, 40 points at Christmas and stuff like that. So, like, I definitely think he has the media on his side. I think Brunson's gotten a little bit of it now. And, honestly, like, this might just end up with them both not getting good. Like, the, we're going to get at least one. I think it's easier to make the case for Randall than Brunson right now. Um, even though Brunson's been like really, really good, but you know, there's still Harden, there's still Halliburton, you still have Garland and guys like that. Um, you still have uh, Jalen Brown, who's going to be a shoe-in. Uh, Arter Rosen, despite the fact that he hasn't played in a few games, like he's still somebody who like demands that respect around the league. And so... I think it's definitely like a bit of a packed ballot of the guards. But in the front court, like, unless you're giving the Heat two all stars, like, who's really going to beat them out? Because, like, even if Butler gets in, then Randall's going to be the other guy who gets in. Because you can't have Randall and Bam. And, like, someone like Jared Allen. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, Jared Allen got in last time because the game was in Cleveland. He's not moving the needle like that. And Miles Turner's a fraud, so we know this. And after that, like nobody else is like even has a case. Like you're not putting Porzingis in there, you're not putting Kyle Kuzma in there. So I wonder if they all star if the all star game was in New York, would Jalen Brunson and, and Randall be like basically like automatics the way like Jared Allen and um Garland were and Garland were. Yeah, like I absolutely do think that like location has something to do with it. Because you know, we all know Lowry's going to be an all-star this year. I mean, he's, he damn well deserves it. I mean, he's been, like, putting yeah. up crazy numbers. But, like, it's very convenient that, like, you know, he has his breakout season in Utah during the, you know, Utah all-star game year. That's very convenient. Like, I, bro, you can't tell me this shit ain't rigged. Like, definitely. Like, someone, up, someone out there is writing some scripts, and, you know, it is coming to be. Because that, that's, like, that, that's too perfect of a situation. It is. Like, you look at, um, what, 2020, the game was in Chicago. Like, I know Chicago didn't get an all-star, but, like, Levine was on the bubble. Um, 2019, Charlotte, Kemba Walker was fucking starting. Like, 2018, Los Angeles, you know, of course. So, like, yeah, I, I, I definitely do that that location factors into it. And I do expect them to... I do expect both of them to get it. I think both of them just get it. I, I really do think both of them get it. I'm not really worried about that. Um, Yeah, I think JLs kind of says if Brunson doesn't get in, he will be the first injury replacement. There's always someone injured. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't think Halberton's going to play. I don't think um, – well, there's a, they'll, re- bit, they'll reevaluate Halberton in two weeks, but I doubt he actually, like, plays enough to, like, get there. And then you have KD, of course, who's going to miss a month. Yeah. So, and even with the Halberton thing, it's like, if you're not playing for two, three weeks, it's going to be hard to build him in over Brunson. Because Brunson's like literally leading the league in points in this year. So, and he's going to win pro of the week. Very uh, easily he should. Yeah, so it's going to be hard to deny him. Um, Hawkeye420 asks, how sustainable is... Um, his shooting though, um, I believe this is right in Randall. With Randall, we are so dependent on it since this coach doesn't run creative schemes to get others going. Yeah, I mean, the guy's taking like nearly eight threes a game, dude. Like he and he's hitting them at thirty five percent. Um, at some point, you just gotta like look at the data hitting you in the face and be like, yeah, like I can understand the idea of you know like. How sustainable it is it, but like 33% on like eight attempts per game is going to draw gravity. I think 
it's less about like how well he how efficiently he's hitting them, but it's like the fact that the guy can will put up ten a game if you let him might be able to hit four or five of them. And the fact that his first quarters have been him basically hitting threes and rolling, it's going to give him gravity, and that's all he really needs. It's it's less about like the percent the percentages and more about gravity. It's Marcus Smart three. And the Marcus Smart three, if you guys don't know about it, um it's essentially like Marcus Smart is not the best shooter in the world, but he will launch them and he will have a game where he hits like four threes. And if there's if you're dealing with a player like that, then you might as well contest them because you don't want them, you don't want to have the game where he has four threes. Um so yeah, like that's okay. why I was talking about yeah. Okay for 20 also adds on what about versus contenders? Does the quality of opponent matter? Um I think it does to a to a degree. Um, cause like, I think you see versus certain opponents, um, you know, how this team performs, um, not even just defensively, but offensively as well. Um, I think versus better defenses, um, they might goad him into taking more of those shots as opposed to, you know, balancing the quality, balancing the, um, the quality of shots that the quality of his looks, um, but I think having guys on the court like a Brunson and an IQ will help mitigate that to a degree. Yeah, I just man, it's just I I don't think quality opponent really matters. I really think I really do think it's like the individual player and like how coaches respect them around the league. Because you know, like bad teams get all stars. You know, someone like Trey Young. What has been an all-star twice in his career, and he's been on bad teams for a lot of it. DeJounte Murray was an all-star, and he was on a bad Spurs team. So, like, I don't think it's much about, like, I think it's just individual performance. And when you're just so, when you're performing to the level that's so high, like Julius has been, it's hard to deny you. No, I think he means what about contenders, like, the shooting. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, and like how he plays offensively versus like contenders versus like um, other teams. I mean, but like he's had good games against like the contending type teams. We just haven't won them. Uh, like he had, like the Sixers game. He had a really he had a really strong game against the Sixers. Uh, so I don't know. It's a it's a very weird thing. And I think we got to see how it looks going forward. I mean, we have a stretch coming up. I think where we play a whole bunch of like contenders or at least close to contending teams or like better teams that we've been playing so far. Um, I mean, tomorrow we play the Raptors. That's always a very interesting matchup despite their record. Um, then we play the Wizards again. I'm trying to find this stretch where we, it's like this, this week is a bunch of like sub 500 teams that we're playing. So let's go streaking. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, we play, we start playing the Cavs next Tuesday. Um, so I think that's the stretch. <coughs> yeah, that's definitely the stretch of games because then Thursday we play the Celtics. <coughs> um, then we play the Nets on Saturday on ABC. On a, on a loss, just like don't even worry about that game. That's yeah. a, that's a loss. That's an automatic Simmons, loss. We haven't Simmons, we haven't never beat Ben Simmons and we never beat the Nets in Thibs's tenure. Yeah, so. But yeah, that's the stretch where like this will like make or break, not even make not not make or break the team, but like you know you'll really see what this team is made of versus quality opponents, and you'll see what our players are are um, versus quality opponents. So you know, yeah, I, I'm I'm really am looking forward to like seeing how they play because like I, I think they can beat, I do think they can maybe like give the Celtics a game. Um, and I think you beat the Cavs. Well, you know, it's on TNT. We play the Celtics pretty well when we play them on TNT, so. You know what? True, true. It is in Boston, though. We need Ever 48 to dust off the cleats. Not the cleats. <laughs> dust off the Pumas one more time. Yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be perfect time for, you know. A good 30 bomb for the bench. Anybody can drop 30 to the bench, dude. Like, I would enjoy that. Um, so next game is versus the Raptors um, tomorrow on MLK Day um, at three o'clock in MSG. 
Um, the Raptors games are very interesting. We beat them the last time. Another game that came down to like down the stretch crunch time where Jalen Brunson got that clutch and one to really, you know, put us ahead. Um, but then before that, that was the game at MSG where they broke our win streak. So we'll be playing prison ball tomorrow on MLK day. So, you know, it's going to be very not, interesting. This is not the free at last that Martin Luther King talked about. Maybe a Gary Trent Jr. audition game. We're possibly. Playing, we're playing back in the bus for Rosa Parks. Because that game ain't going to have no spacing. But yeah, I mean, it could be a Gary Trent Jr. audition game. Um, You know, we'll see how we handle Siakam in the garden again. We did a pretty damn good job on him last time. I'll say that. Um, Because Grimes actually played. Yeah, so Grimes will be playing this time once again. Hopefully, you know, we can be better in the paint too with, you know, Mitch. Was Mitch in foul trouble that first game when Siakam went off? I think so. I think so too. So if he can stay out of foul trouble and hold down the paint while Grimes, because you know him and Grimes have that nice synergy on defense, where like they're able to like stifle guys on the perimeter, and then once they get to the paint, it's like, oh, Mitch Robinson's right there. Like I can't do shit now. So it's like they have that nice chemistry. They kind of displayed it against John Morant in the first half of that Memphis game at MSG, and you know it's gonna be great to see if they can replicate that versus um, Siakam. Um, but yeah, we did a good job on him last game. Um, let me find that box score that last game because I forgot early how it went offensively for um, the Raptors. When was that game? Uh, the first Raptor game, it was like Fred Van Vliet was running us up and it was Siakam. No, no, the last one that we played them. Oh, oh I yeah. found it. Yeah, it was Gary Trent Jr. doing, doing like the like, – Yeah, it was Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet. Man, Fred Van Vliet loves playing against us, man, because he'll stink like shit versus everybody else. But yeah, he had twenty eight, eight and seven. Jesus. But yeah, we gotta we gotta stifle those guys. Um, they're another team like similar to us where they don't really get much bench production, um, and their starters play a lot of heavy minutes. Um, Scotty Barnes once again had another stinker versus us, two for ten. So you know, Scotty Barnes stinkers are like breathing; they just happen. But yeah, it's it's funny because like the first time we played them, he had a one for ten game, and then the second time we played them, he had a two for ten game. So he had double the production. He might have three for ten. He might have three for ten tomorrow. Maybe. And he was the only minus out of the starters when we last played them, too. <laughs> that would have been bad. But, um, yeah, I mean, if we if we keep Siakam in check and keep one of Gary Trent or Fred, I feel very confident in our chances um, tomorrow. Hopefully we just don't get a big, big-ass lead because then we'll know that we're going to blow it eventually. Um, so, you know, if the Knicks can just, you know, keep the game within striking distance and then pull away at the end, then that's great. It would be so unnext like the last couple of weeks, but I would take that. I would love to have a game where like the fourth quarter is pretty calm. Yeah, because we haven't had that. I mean, like today would have been the perfect today would have been the absolute perfect day to do that because, you know, we play the Raptors tomorrow and that's always like a very physical and grueling game. And, you know, you kind of want to have your full rest for that game. Um, so it would have been great if we could have, like, pulled away early in this game and then, you know, had our guys resting so that way tomorrow we can, you know, be ready for the Raptors and prison ball, so. Wait in the water ball on Martin Luther King Day. What the ancestors really dreamed up. Uh, okay, for 20 says, Michigan playing the fourth in the... S- in the Siakam 50, because he got hit in the groin. Oh, yeah, right. Siakam. Right. I forgot he was. They, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I know where to go. Siakam. Cool. Yeah, we're, we're, we're fine. All right. Um, I think we're going to end things off here because I think we talked about all we can with this team as well as the Giants are about to start their first playoff game in seven years, and I'm trying to be tuned in for that, so, you know. 100%. 100%. You know, the Knicks won. Hopefully, Giants can win, you know, make it a nice, clean sweep of Sunday. New York team's winning. Um, 
We will catch you guys tomorrow after the Raptors game. It is a 3 p.m. matinee. Last time the Knicks played a 3 p.m. Monday game. They smoked the sun, so hopefully they can do the same to the Raptors. Um, but, you know, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, shout out to everyone else. The comment that, you know, tuned in. Um, make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe. We are on our way to 1k subs so all that you do will help with the algorithm and whatnot also check out everything stricken related in the description we got links to the site made uh, merch patreon and twitter all great ways to support us as we continue to expand and grow um we are also on instagram now at the strict.land um you know just another great way to you know absorb some strickland content if you are not on twitter you can always follow us on instagram so there's that catch you guys tomorrow enjoy your sunday peace out you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.